On the resurrection morning When all the dead in Christ shall rise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal soul In weakness, raised in power Ready to live in paradise I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed of God Never There'll be no more sorrow No, no more pain There'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness Ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord I'll have a new life Eternal Free Imperfection, youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never said no more pain, there'll be no more strife Yes, raising the likeness In of his likeness ready to live I'll be glad I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Eternal One oh, Hallelujah morning When the last trump of God shall sound Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with the reading of God's stand. There'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness in of his likeness, ready to live. I'll be glad. glad. I'll have a new body. Praise, Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Kessler, and welcome to the Passion for Christ show. So glad to have you, friend. My goal is very simple here, and that is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. And oh, by the way, I'm a follower of the greatest movement ever, a follower of Jesus Christ, because you see in him I found peace, joy, happiness, love, forgiveness, and blessed beyond measure more than I ever deserve. Folks, we got a good study ahead of us here and how to seek God in the middle of crisis. First, a few things along the way. And the first is headline news. Listen to this. A church in Oklahoma has helped to feed over 50,000 families who've been impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. It's the Victory Church in Tulsa, and they partnered with small businesses in the area to feed the families. And they're also offering drive-in church services on the weekends with their pastor on the church's rooftop. They got special permission from the local and state governments to operate despite the restrictions set in place. 
Lots of poor people are being helped. Oklahoma Church helps feed over 50,000 families in need. Hallelujah, folks. We're in a good spot and a good position, and we should help people in our communities. I don't know what's stopping a lot of us from doing the good that God has granted us and blessed us with. Get this. You won't believe this. A Georgia man says that God healed him after he was hospitalized with the COVID-19. He recently came home from 11 days in the hospital after an experience where the Lord was blowing breath into his lungs. That's right, folks. That's right. He was singing in the choir, and he feels that that's where he got it. He contracted it at church. And uh, there were at least 45 the people in the church service that caught the virus, the coronavirus, and two of them died. And um, he started to experience, his name is Clay Bentley. He started experiencing symptoms within hours of getting home from church. And after experiencing shortness of breath, he went to the local urgent care and later to an emergency room where they told him he had walking pneumonia, but things got worse. And the doctors came back and said that he tested positive for the coronavirus. But Bentley said that the Lord provided him with continued encouragement. The doctors would come in and say, you're not getting better. As a matter of fact, you're getting worse day by day. But he heard a Still small voice in the back of his head that kept telling him, you're getting better. You're getting better. And he was like, well, who are you going to believe? The doctors are God. And he said something incredible happened about 3 o'clock a.m. one morning. I just felt the Lord's presence. I felt him blow breath into my lungs. And I took a deep breath and knew it was the Lord blowing in my lungs. When I took a deep breath, it all cleared out, and he went home two days later. How about that, folks? Bentley is grateful for the Lord's kindness that he has shown him. What an amazing story. Georgia man says God healed him of the COVID-19 after 11 days in the hospital. Woo! And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. In 714 A.D., death in England of Guthlock, who after several years of warfare, had felt remorse, entered a monastery, and gained fame for his austerities. Tales of miracles at his tomb soon will make it a site for pilgrimages. In 1816, Richard Allen of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, becomes the first African-American bishop of the African Methodist Episcopal Church. In 1842, death of John England, the first Roman Catholic bishop of Charleston, with a sea embracing North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia, where he had planted numerous churches 
and left a well-organized clergy. And finally, on this day in church history, in 1879, the Handel and Hayden Society of Boston gives a full performance of Johann Sebastian Bach's Passion according to St. Matthew. And that's this day in church history. And now we have Name that Bible character. Here is your clue. I was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. What is my name? Here's your clue one more time. I was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. What is my name? We'll reveal the answer to this tantalizing clue following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal in our final segment of Name That Bible Character. We have a lot of fun here, folks. A lot of fun. And now we have our study for this broadcast. How do you see God when you are in the midst of a crisis? Now, the truth of the matter is every single believer will face some type of crisis, some type of difficulty, some type of problem, just as we are facing crises right now with this pandemic. You and I will encounter those times living in crisis, going through a crisis, going through a storm when our faith is tested. But James 1 verse 2 tells us very plainly that Count it all joy, brothers, when you fall into various trials. You see, God's word does not say if you will face trials, but it says when you face trials. God wants you to know that you are going to experience those times in your life. So what do you do when you are facing those crises? Prayer should characterize our lives as Christians. But it should even be more prevalent and more intensified in our life when we are going through a crisis. And I think the prayer life of Jehoshaphat provides us with an example of how to seek God in a crisis. Jehoshaphat was the fourth king of Judah who reigned in the ninth century B.C., and so here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, he experiences a crisis, praying in a crisis. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 1 through 4. Let's begin reading together. It happened after that that the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Then some came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Hazazon, Tamar, which is in Gedah. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. We will have some takeaways from his example. The opening verses of Second Chronicles chapter 20 sets the stage. If you remember in our reading, 
where it says that Moab, the people of Moab, the people of Ammon, besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And he was told as much. He was told that, hey, a great multitude is coming against you beyond the sea. Now, the text doesn't indicate why these other nations decided to attack. All it does say is that the odds were stacked against him. Three nations were coming to attack one man, Jehoshaphat. The Bible says they formed a great multitude. And it left the king shivering for fear of his life. You remember in verse 3, and Jehoshaphat feared. That's not good. But it does something to him that I think that we overlook in our lives. He realized, Jehoshaphat did, that he was in the midst of a crisis. And fear gripped him. Why? Well, because one, he knew that the odds were stacked against him, but he also knew that he could not stand against that united force alone. That multitude, the great multitude, was more than he could handle, friend. And he openly declares this to the Lord. Notice with me in verse 12 of Second Chronicles chapter 20. O Lord, in his prayer, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. Nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Amen. Our eyes are upon you. He recognized, Jehoshaphat did, that he was helpless in the middle of this crisis. He acknowledged that he just could not deal with the situation on his own. And you know what that led him to do? It compelled him to pray. Notice in verse 3, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Amen? Why? Why did he pray? Well, because he was completely weak. He was helpless. The text says that he set himself to seek the Lord. Amen. It was an acknowledgement on his part that he had a weakness. That he was helpless in this area. And that is why it's crucial to realize that you need to let go and let God in the middle of a crisis. That, under, that understanding, that acknowledgement alone will motivate you to seek the Lord even more and depend on Him for strength, for God's solutions, and for His guidance. Let your weakness, let your feeling of helplessness you may not know what to do. You may not know where to go, but you do know whom to go to. And his name is God. Seek him in the middle of crisis. Realize that you cannot handle the crisis of your life and that you must pray if you are to face them and grow and get through them. You can't do it alone. 
You know, the, a crisis is like a, like a magnifying glass. A magnifying glass increases the apparent size of, of, of the object that you're looking at so you can see it better. It enlarges the view of that object so you can have a better understanding of it. That's what a crisis does in our lives. It enlarges our view of just how helpless we are and are in need of God. So when a crisis shows you your weakness and your helplessness, we need to allow that to drive us towards God and to be in His presence even more so. It, it, it's the motivation to cry out intensely for God's grace, for power, for mercy, for help. Allow those moments to move you into a deeper, more fervent and faithful prayer life, friend. So number one, the takeaway is to admit and acknowledge your weakness like Jehoshaphat has done here in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Number two, commit to seek the Lord in prayer. Let me say that one more time. Commit to seek the Lord in prayer. When Jehoshaphat learned that this great multitude was coming to attack, you know, he could have done something entirely different. He could have immediately begun to make plans. He could have started mobilizing his army of Judah. He could have sent ambassadors to other nations for help. But you know what? He did none of those things. You know what he did do? He began first by seeking the Lord. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. The text here says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that he set himself to seek the Lord. This indicates another level of prayer. That is, he was resolved. To go to the Lord for help. He determined to seek the Lord until he received an answer from him. He was committing himself to seek the Lord in the middle of the crisis. He was going to pray. He was going to wait. That's probably the most difficult thing that we can all do. Is to wait for the answer from God. You know what? He confessed in his prayer, Jehoshaphat does, that he did not know what to do. Second Chronicles chapter 20, first part of verse 12 says, For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. It's okay to admit that. Be honest and truthful and faithful. Give your heart over to God, all your doubts, all your questions. But be open. Admit them to God. But Jehoshaphat states his commitment. But our eyes are upon you. He was committing to prayer, committing to waiting on God in the middle of this prayer. You know, our response to crises are often to find a solution on our own, to fix it, work it out ourselves, relieve the pain the best way we know how, work out the problem with our own strength and wisdom. Our pride sometimes moves to think that, well, you know, we can handle this ourselves. And sometimes desperation motivates us to try and deal with our, the own, our own crises on our own. 
or even to make a deal. God, if you will do this, I will. But let your first response be like Jehoshaphat's, and that is to seek the Lord and commit your heart to it. Lord, I know what I don't know. Lord, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are fixed on you. There are times that God is going to answer us immediately. There are times that his answer will come way down the road. We live in an age of fast food, drive-through, banking, instant communication. And we want instant gratification, instant answer from God. Yet sometimes we're required to seek the Lord, give Him our hearts, and wait on Him and His timing. Sometimes you will have to seek God with perseverance and resolve. And wait on his answers. There are going to be times in our lives where we just don't know what to do. Times when we have no idea of what to do and what to say. Times that we don't even know what the next step should be. It is at these moments that we need to realize that we're at the mercy of God. And that's a reminder that we must. Look to Him in prayer. Seek Him first and wait on Him. What else are you going to do? It is God alone who can strengthen you. It is God alone who can sustain you. It is God alone who has the power to help you and provide answer. He is your God, your rock, your refuge. When you commit yourself to seeking the Lord in the midst of crisis, you provide a powerful example for others. Just think about when the people of Judah saw Jehoshaphat's example, it says in verse 4 that they gathered together to ask help from the Lord and from the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. The people followed uh, the example of Jehoshaphat in seeking the Lord in the middle of the crisis. Fear, faith are both contagious. When you show fear in the midst of crisis, it will adversely affect those around you. And they are more likely to exhibit fear and doubt. But if you seek the Lord, stand strong in faith, that will motivate others to do the same. It will be a source of encouragement. Another takeaway in these verses is this. Focus on God's character. This is what Jehoshaphat did. Focused on God's character. He pled with God on the basis of who God was. He exalted and concentrated on the aspects of God's great powerful character. Notice in verse 6. And Jehoshaphat said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Wow, what a powerful, powerful statement. Because Jehoshaphat exalts the power of God because he knew his enemies could not stand against the power of God. 
when you face the crises of life, do what Jehoshaphat has done here. That is, focus on God's character. Let yourself be immersed on who God is. Psalms 9 verse 10 tells us, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. Knowing God's name means understanding his character. And the name of God represents all of who God is. Proverbs 18 verse 10 tells us, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. In the middle of a crisis, friend, concentrate on who God is. Let your prayers be consumed with His power, His love, His sovereignty. And then finally, praise God throughout the crisis. In verse 18 of Second Chronicles chapter 20, it tells us this. And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Amen. Isn't that incredible? And before the battle the next morning, Jehoshaphat here makes an unusual move. Rather than lining up his military, what does he do? In verse 21, he appoints a choir of all things. They were going to march ahead of the army into the battlefield. And he told them to sing praise to God before the battle. I bet you never, nothing ever looked so ridiculous since Joshua's priests marched around the city of Jericho and blew trumpets to praise to make the walls fall down. Yet God responded in mighty power. Notice in verse 22. In verse 22, it says this. Now, when they began to sing and to praise, listen, 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 friend. Tighten up your shoestrings. Tighten up your belt. Here it comes. The Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Praise defeats the enemy. God honored their praise. And when they praised God and unleashed power from heaven, and power made the difference in the battle. God fought for them through their praise. He released his mighty power in response. In response to God's victory, the people blessed him in verse 26 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat and people praised God before the battle and even during the battle and even in the midst of their crisis, praise poured out from them to the true and mighty God. When you face the crisis of life, friend, do you offer fervent and continual praise to God? Why should you do that? <laughs> well, friend, number one, it unleashes the power of God. Praise releases the power of God from heaven. When praise goes up, power comes down. And that power can sustain you and strengthen you. And it can also deal with whatever problem and circumstance you are facing. So there you go, folks, in this study. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We saw how Jehoshaphat has dealt with real crisis and real fear and real trouble. One, he acknowledged 
and admitted his weakness. He was not powerful enough to defeat the enemy, but God was. And then he it led him to commit to seek the Lord in prayer. But he also, during this crisis, focused on God's character. And he praised God throughout the crisis. That's how you do it, friend. Those are the takeaways. That is how you are able to seek God in the midst of crisis. And I pray that you are doing that, friend. And I pray that God will watch over you and keep you safe. And that's our study for this broadcast. And now we have the final conclusion of Name That Bible Character. Here was your clue. I was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. What is my name? Well, the name is Jochebed. Jochebed. Numbers 26, 59. The name of Amram's wife was Jochebed, the daughter of Levi, whom her mother bare to Levi in Egypt. She bare unto Amram, Aaron, and Moses, and Miriam, their sister. I was the mother of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. What is my name? Jochebed. And name that Bible character. Well, folks, I just want to say you too can become a follower of the greatest movement ever, follower of Jesus Christ. And come to Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Submit to Him baptism. You'll find repentance, joy, peace, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure more than you ever deserve. Hey, folks, just visit our website. South Canadian Valley Church of Christ website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. I just want to tell you this, friend. God bless you for listening to this broadcast, and may you be healthy. In Jesus' holy, righteous name we pray, amen. Praise God, praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do, well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord has died for you, praise God, praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do, well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord has risen for you, Praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.